It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. This week's episode of The Digest Show brought to you by Black Rectangle Collective is a banger. And it's a holiday palooza. As Josh and I have a great, fun, long, tear-filled, retrospective-themed conversation about our favorite holiday movies, it also happens to be our season finale. It's the end of 2020, thank God. Uh, we went on this journey of starting a podcast about talking about our favorite movies, and season one's done. It's in the books. This is it. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. So after our conversation, we're going to do a little reflection on the year, our favorite moments from the show, and also take some questions from social media in a mailbag segment. I'm getting out of the way because this one's hot. Hot off the press. It's happy holidays. Stay safe. Love you. Hit it. Josh, can I sing you a song? Please. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. And if you really love Christmas, go out and let it show. How is this not a, a, a hit? Like, how, I, I can't even find it to listen to it. I'll tell you what's a fucking hit. It's today's episode. Welcome yes. to the Digest Show. Today's episode is a holiday palooza. Holiday palooza. Here we go. Welcome, everyone. It's our last show of the season, and Josh and I thought there was no better way to end our inaugural season than to celebrate the dark winter months of the holidays, spending time with your families. And what do we do on this show? We talk about movies. So that's what we're doing today. We're talking about some of our favorite holiday movies of all time. It's a palooza. We're not centering in on one. We're talking about eight friggin' movies today. And I'm so excited to share with you how we celebrate the holiday season. Christmas movie time. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Josh, can I ask you a question? Oh, ask away. Posture a cultural moment to you. Why are Christmas movies a thing in the first place? Why do you think... Why is it something we go to during the holidays to sit with loved ones or even by yourself? Why is it a, a thing that we stew on? Well, in in some films, it, maybe it's a way to uh, live out the frustrations of being in a room full of your family for that long. Um, in other yeah. iterations, maybe it's tradition. But I think really, you know... People have told their stories. I mean, we've got the books. Before we had movies, we had the books, you know? And before we had most of the movies we're going to talk about here today, with the exception of maybe one, we had, you know, the animated holiday flicks. So, so you know, I think it's just the... It's just the natural progression of people trying to tell the stories that they love. And it's instead of by the fire, like reading you know the night before christmas or listening to it on the radio now you're watching it on a tv you know what like a historical context answer thank you for that astute it's probably it's probably the book i just read but thank you um that should be the title of the book that you read about your life it's probably the book i just read by joshua haney oh mm, love it why do you love watching Christmas movies? I love watching Christmas movies. I'm don't I'm not one of those people that likes to go to the theater with a thousand people. So for me, it's ending the night with a nice, you know, stiff drink in the snow falling, proverbial or literal, and just relaxing with a classic film I've seen a thousand times. Like I said in the last show, wrap me in familiarity. 
Yeah, and, and that's I think that's that's a lot of it too. I mean, for me, kind of on a personal note, like having become an Oregonian over the past few years, the, the the beginning of the winter, just a little relation here for everyone. Like the beginning of the winter is pretty tough because the days get real short. Sun's down at four thirty, doesn't come up fully until like eight fifteen before it's really like light outside. So you're, you know, those first little the first little bit can get kind of rough and i've really found that like hunkering down and like watching good christmas movies is a great way to kind of get through that that part where we get to the shortest day of the year and then past it you know and uh, so for me it's like a little treat at the end of the year and i think a lot of people think of it that way too you and i differ in many ways though we are similar in also many ways but one thing i know that we see differently you cannot catch me dead going to a movie theater with a thousand people on a holiday but that's something you enjoy. Now, in today's climate and the current situation of a global freaking pandemic, that's not happening. Are you going to miss No. Are you going to miss that? No. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to miss it. I mean, it's been... Oh, okay. It's, I'm <laughs> like, going like, to. No, I'm not going to no, miss it. No, I'm going... I, actually, the biggest thing I miss of the pandemic is the movie theater. Like, that was something that that... Victoria and I really enjoyed doing and I've always I mean haven't worked there everything um and then last year we also didn't get to go because of um we were traveling with some family the little bit that we that we usually get together with so you know but it's been a fun thing to do and you know whenever somebody who's in the friend circles family plans change or they're on a certain side of the coast and they can't afford to fly out they kind of come and join in and it's just been it's nice to have that little something to do something to kind of celebrate when you're not with like a a bunch of family you can go be with a bunch of people and enjoy something together at the same time for me i i sometimes unfortunately have a giant family so not only is it expensive to go out and do that, but there's plenty of entertainment around. Well, I think of the Ricker clan when I watch a couple of these movies. I think about the Ricker family, like because the size of your family, you're like the, you have the biggest family of anybody I know. Like I literally siblings with kids, and you know, I, I I had to. There were several reasons that we had to pause before we got on to record today, and one of them is because my entire damn family is downstairs and I just got home from work and I had to like run the gauntlet through everyone. I literally had to take pictures on a Friday afternoon for no reason. It's, it's a beautiful thing, but it's, it's, you were around, you were around (laughs) and everyone's together. That's the reason, right? It's Friday. It's not even a holiday. Why are we taking photos? That's something I love about holiday movies too, because, uh, they, they're good reflection points. So anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to detail for the audience. Exactly what it is that we're doing today, if you don't mind. So, today, Josh and I picked three holiday movies that are near and dear to both of us. These are my three personal favorites. Josh kind of had a curated list he wanted to do specifically for the show. Um, They're top three, and they're all very different. They're all from different eras for the most part. So, it's going to be a variety show, which I'm really excited about. The twist of today's program, the um, uh, sprinkle on the cookie if you will, Ooh. is that we each gave each other a Christmas movie to watch that we knew the other one had never seen before. Yes. So yes. I watched a film that billions of people have seen. I have not. I watched it for the first time for this program. Raw and uncut. My reaction today. Joshua, I gave him a film I knew for a fact that he had seen because I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Raw and uncut. Joshua's reaction to that film. 
Into it. Dude, the palette today is diverse. It's like, yeah, you go, we're, you go we're, to like the, the Korean barbecue spot and you're like, I'll have one of everything. I mean, we're all over the place. Although I will say, um, in a true fashion, uh, all of my movies are within a couple of years of my age of birth. So I kind of, I picked a, a I, yeah, like you said, I was more thinking of a certain, I wanted to do a, a variety platter in a way, a different way. Uh, but you added the timeline spice to the whole thing, which mm. is true fashion. When you know, like, like ingredients on a cocktail, mix us together and we're better. So, without further ado, I will reveal Joshua's to all of you today. The three films that Josh curated for us to speak with on today's episode: Scrooged, starring Bill Fucking Murray. Welcome to the program, Bill Murray. Tippy top of the A list, baby. Number two. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Welcome to the program, Mr. Chevy Chase. Yes. The number one pick that you brought to today's program was a timeless television carousel classic, A Christmas Story. Mm. Great pick. Mm. Contender for my all-time fave. Contender. And do you want to, should I tell them the film I chose for you to watch? Yeah, yeah, I think you should go ahead and give it to so, them and then let, let them hang in suspense like so the like film, last week's master taught us. Ooh. So the film I chose for Joshua to watch this week is a animated short film. Yes, your boy has got some animation on today's show. I don't I notoriously don't like animated things, but today I do. And the pick I have for Josh is an animated short film from the BBC, The Snowman, an epic journey of childhood wonder and coming to grips with reality. It's a magical fucking movie. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly happy to be assigned that film. I'm l- l- ready to, to chew on it for a min. For me, my top three Christmas movies I thought of almost instantly. It wasn't hard at all. Number three for me, a Charlie Brown motherfucking Christmas, y'all. Yes. Come Serve on. Serve that old school. Serve that old school. Number two. Um, can you say Danny Kay? Can mm. you say Rosemary Clooney? Mm. Can you say Bing Crosby? Because I can, mm. and my number two is White Christmas. Tell me what we're dreaming of. Oh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Can't wait yes. to sink our teeth into it. Number one for me has to be Love Actually. As yes. referenced in our little intro today, as I sang one of the many musical notes and moments from that film joshua your pick for me was easy when you found out what i hadn't seen uh i'm not afraid to admit it i am a natural contrarian i'd never seen the movie home alone i never wanted to i almost like went out of my way not to watch it not interested i watched it okay yes we're gonna get to my thoughts on that i can't wait That's today's survey. That's today's platter. That's what we're serving up on today's episode. Without further ado, Joshua, as I like to do as the host, allow you to go first. Introduce us to your number three pick. Yes, so Scrooged, right? So I I absolutely love Scrooged, 100%. It's fun. Uh, Mostly had to get at least one iteration of Dickens in there. And I think... 
all God, being said, this might be my favorite just for the funness of it. Uh, like, you know, there are a lot of great, great ones. I mean, no joke. I mean, but I, I just, Christmas, my favorite iteration. Just throwing I, it out. Look and shout out to Muppets version. You know, everybody okay. loves that. Okay. But I like the 80s, the fucking Bill Murray's hair. Hey, yo, Bill Murray. You know, I mean, like, it's, he's got the, the whole thing is like, it's like a, it's like a holiday special of SNL. Like, it's like the first ever SNL digital short. And it's like the monologue at the end that closes it. I mean, it's like seriously so, I just love the vibe that it brings. Um, plus, okay, just when we, when you even go to the cast here, right, you get first Robert Meacham. I mean, come on, like all time great. Not even a hunter, Cape Fear. I mean, Cape Fear. come on, right? I, just IMDb legend, OG TV exec, like I love the role. Just great to have him there. Also holiday movie with Miles Davis. How do you not, right? Miles Davis with his dope ass cameo right at the beginning of the movie, playing on the street, killing it. Okay. I mean, so there's a lot to love. There's a lot to love. Um, and I think, you know, so like you said, we're chewing on a lot today. So to kind of move it, move it along, uh, finish my synopsis. I think some things I really love about this, uh, first, uh, the gross ghost of Christmas past, um, we're going to break that down just a smidge, right? So do it's your taxi thing, man. ride. Do your thing. Yeah. Taxi ride through the past. And I love one of my favorite things in that little chunk is the ghost of Christmas past. You know, everybody knows what the, that, that guy's job is, right? So he takes him, he's showing him his past, his childhood. He gets there and he's acting like a tough guy, just like any Scrooge would. And, uh, he says to him, you know, as soon as they see their mother, it's Niagara Falls. Yeah. Every time. And it's like, I, I love that. And also, not to mention, this is the introduction to one of three additional Murray brothers in this movie. Okay. Don't know if you knew that. I knew about the one, the older brother. Yeah, like Brian. The older brother. Yep, who's in another film we'll get to. Who's the other one? Oh, shit, yes. I can't wait to unload this. So the first one. The first one, I'm going to keep you in suspense for the last one. John Murray plays James Cross, okay? So he's a writer, mostly. Um, and he he is uh, Frank Cross's little brother. The okay. one he has the kind of relationship with, right? Got it. Okay. So the next one, though, is Joel Murray, who's in Joel, one, Joel Murray who's in one scene at the very end. And you may know Joel as a me character. You, you, you okay. in particular, Joel, but everyone, everyone may know Joel from a role he had in Mad Men as Fred Rumson. Freddie? Murray, brother! What? Yeah. Dude, consider Murray. my mind blown. Dude, I, like, what? literally looked on like at least four different websites because i didn't want to like just take the junk like i literally was like Holy freaking shit. out like yes what a holiday treat wrap it in a bowl and put it under the tree for me yes Freddy pissed himself right on that oh my god the murray brothers came to play with with that so anyway that's so cool um, um one quick thing i gotta get out the ghost of christmas present carol kane Oh my God, delivers so hard. She beats the shit out of Frank Cross and it's 
in her fairy costume and she delivers this like innocent like badass comedy somehow that just is hilarious i don't know gotta get that in there um but i think you know what i really the reason i really wanted to pick this one just to kind of round it out from my end is you got to get the dickens story in there and i think the reason that i really like the dickens story is because not to take it to this place so early but hey this is the lineup um I think what I really like about the Dickens story in particular is it reminds me to look back at my year and look at how far on or off the path that I've chosen for myself and the, the, the kind of the, the principles that I choose to live by again, not to take it to that like level at the beginning, but I, it's, oh, it's I am going to take the show somewhere. So I, I mean, it's, it's a really nice reminder and I know it sounds cheesy, but it's at the end of the year. It's a good time to reflect and think like, have I been good to the people that I want to are the right people in my life? Are there people in my life that shouldn't be there? You know, and it's a great reminder of that. And Scrooge is just a really fun styled. I think it's a worthy, I think it's a worthy virtue to have. And I think it's something we should all do at the end of every year. Great. I, I watched this movie in bed as a nightcap trying to cram all these great movies in before we record it again. Right, right. And it was awesome. And I, I don't think this movie is on any Bill, anybody's Bill Murray's top five like movies of, all, of his performances. But it had been a while since I hung out with Bill Murray for an hour, half or two hours. Yep, yep. And I was like, like half an hour in, I was like, fuck, he's so good. Like, Fucking Bill Murray, so man. so funny. Bill Murray. And I think it's, and on your list, I was kind of like pitting Bill Murray and... Chevy Chase against one another, Ooh, and like it's not even good because they're contemporaries and they're, yeah, they're yeah. both a brand of humor that is kind of gone, like the in, kind of in, place, yes. in a way, in a way we we could sit and maybe chew on that and find some some echoes of their style, but and they're kind of that it's offbeat, but it's not as cheesy as like Steve Martin, and it's not like leaning into the quirkiness. It's just it's very unique and like natural. And and I again Scrooge not on his like highlight reel of all time maybe, but I was I just had such a good time hanging out with him. There's something about those late '80s movies and the the special effects. That, yeah, like, they yeah like when the the one guy's holding him outside of the skyscraper and like his yep. bones are like it's so it looks like a Universal uh, Studios like roller coaster effect or something I know. like Ghostbusters or something like that. And it, I know I just had fun with it. I. <laughs> I I released myself and I couldn't help but laugh about it. And there's something about that era of those movies that the style of the late 80s that uh, I don't, it's not really my thing, but it was nice to hang out with for a while. Well, yeah. And is there, there's some, especially movies that are like 88 release and little before because they go into production in like 87, 86. So all the like writing and the style of everything is a couple of years before. It just... Yeah, I fucking love it. It's like that's like the eighties, the eighties before it started to transition into the nineties. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about it for sure. Scrooged. It's worth a rent on Amazon Prime. Oh like, yeah. Like watch it. It's fun. Yeah, for sure. Ready for my number three? Ooh. Let's do it. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Let's I, do it. A Charlie Brown Christmas. It's on TV mm. every year. Everyone watches it. And I don't mean to take this program to a dark place. I'm sorry. But have kind of a dark program. Have no pity on me. This is one I like to watch alone. Mm. Talk about reflection. Talk about 
like the twinkle in the sky as you look back on your year and solitude and beautiful piano based music and who are my friends? Where are my friends? I, this movie is an existential fucking crisis, like every Charlie Brown movie is. But because of the reason I pick this, oh, popping bottles. You are looking at you. Because popping of the bottles, you know. Holiday party. Because of the music. Like, I I love oh. Christmas music. I work in retail, have for years. Not sick of it. I love it. I lean into it, baby. Give, I double down. Yeah. Give it to me. And, again, I had this memory of, like, after I first moved back to the East Coast, went to, like, a holiday party with some people I used to be friends with, and I was just having a somber moment. I was like, my life is moving forward. I'm reflecting, beginning existential. Earphones in, waiting for the Uber, Charlie Brown, vortex of what is my life and where am I going? This music does it to you, like straight up. Oh, it's, can go? That's why I picked it. Is because well, it, it, it again, it's a reflecting, reflecting thing for me, and it, it's about solitude. And yeah, I know it's like a children's short animated film, but it fucking means something to me. Damn it. Well, no, I mean. Like, I'll say, it's funny that you, I, I, I honestly, I don't know why, but I didn't expect you to lean into the soundtrack that much. Uh, I thought you, it might be like the more like the, like anti-materialism message that he, that Char, I mean, because Charlie Brown's basically like walking around spewing like 90 or 60s leftist propaganda. It's like, great. Right. Like, I love it. Like, but anyway, um, I had a moment with this soundtrack. Like it was about a week ago. I think we all and, do. We're trying to get in the mood, and like I, this year for the first year, I finally got Pop it on bottles. vinyl. Pop it, but holiday party. Every, people who know me, like, and if you don't know me, get to know me. I love my speakers and my my record player. Like, I don't have like crazy shit, but I've got good shit, you know. And I put the record on, and V was in the shower, and like I was just sitting there in front of the speakers, and I cranked the volume all the way up, man. And I just sat there every song after song. Oh, and it's so good. It's it's like it's it's moving good. And even the like Christmas time. Yes, yes. Like yep. it's real. It is. And and can I just shout out the fucking the animation? Like I I love like it's mm, this mm, is mm, like a. Mm. You know, we looking at this today, this is this is everything we've ever known. But like at the time, this is like some really crisp, like these Peanuts characters are like really vibrant and beautiful. And, you know, it's such a shame that this and is not, you know, young, but bald, well, young, but bald. And that's OK. Young, but bald. Right. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the leftist propaganda of the 1960s, because there's something about Charlie Brown that I really identify with and always have, even I though mean, I. I think of myself as a high energy, like person. Like I have, I feel color in my soul. But there's a part of me that's like I'm like half Stevie Nicks, half Charlie Brown. Like that's how I feel about myself. Well, I love that because I guess that answers the question that started this whole conversation for you and I. Does that mean that I'm Linus? I mean, you are my conciliary. You are my conciliary. You are my counsel. When I watched this episode i was like man i hope other people think of me like a linus no like, you're, you're I, a you're a sturdy wall to lean on i am i a, love it i am a cowboy i don't and know I'm a, I'm a green beanie clad wearing motherfucker too absolutely absolutely oh, i'm like a, I've, I, I feel like i'm a stable adult 
right now. Maybe ask me later. But I feel I'm more prone to f- be leaning on the the existential brick wall and need a friend to talk to. You know it. what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Wow. And I, I I do think that Dude. that is something to be said about Charlie Brown. Like, I mean, this this Christmas special really does lean into the like. There's a little bit of the like religious kind of push in at the end, which I'm totally cool with that. You're really I mean, like analyzing it in a way that I'm not, and I like. Sorry, it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Charlie Brown Christmas is great. So good. But the soundtrack is where it's at. So the soundtrack is where it's at. Magic, magic, absolutely. Number two for you, my brother. Oh, Christmas vacation. <sighs> Christmas vacation. Yeah, dude, I love this movie. This this movie is like the one that kicks off the holiday movie watching season for me, right? And I'll tell you why. It's because it like it really encapsulates like it, it gives like you like a full cycle through the whole season. Like at the beginning, it uses the little advent calendar to tick the movie, the days away through the movie. And you get the, like, you get to see them like, you know, go to get the Christmas tree and then decorate the Christmas tree and then going to buy presents and like wrapping the presents. And then the in-laws come and then you fight with the in-laws and then you're decorating the house and you're cooking and everybody's fucking bickering and mom's in the kitchen smoking. Ah, it's like, I love this one kicks it off for me. And needless to say, the comedy is just, it's I mean, a very, it's a very realistic film. It, it, I mean, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo are like she's great. literally comedic gold together. Those yeah. two as a duo, like I don't know if Beverly D'Angelo gets enough like absolute clap for praise for her role in like those vacation movies. Like I really don't know if she does. Just saying that. She's great. Stone yeah. Cold Fox. Hell yeah. yeah. I think of this movie as like the middle class man's movie. Oh, he's got these delusions of a perfect Christmas. And this, well, that, and especially like his breakdown monologue. And when he gets like the, um, this is the one that's fresh in my mind because I just watched it. The, the, when he gets like the, he thinks he's getting his bonus check and everybody's gathering around. Right. That's like what happens. No one ever gets a good. <laughs> Dude, can I be seriously? Oh, no. Did you get a bad holiday check? Bonus check? I'm literally waiting on. It, no, it, I'm not even. And I had a coworker <laughs> be like, "Yeah, mine came the other day," <laughs> and I'm pretty sure yours is in the mail. And I'm not. I am not making this up. I thought about this today as we were gonna record. So I was like, "Holy shit!" Here I am, literally waiting on my bonus. Man, like Griswold. I don't know what it's gonna be. Um, but yeah, no. And it's uh, yeah. Continue though. I think this is definitely an adults Christmas movie. Yeah, like, for sure. I had a branch of the family that li- liked watching this one, and I just never cared as a kid. Like it was too, it was old. It was too dark for me. Like I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Like, like uh, there's a lot of anger in this film. Yes, like, there is. He's mad at the world and America and his place in both of those things and his fucking annoying ass family and shit. And I didn't identify with it, but now when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, <sighs> gotta yeah. fucking. Right, I mean, pay my like, bills and go to work, and all I want's a nice day off, and I even that's gonna go wrong. It's like one foot in the hole, the other foot getting deeper. Like that, this is that, a very middle class man's movie. It is, and let me just give a couple of highlights. Of my fa- some of my favorite things in this movie because you have to like, you got to touch on some of this stuff. Like first off, Juliette Lewis, yes. like Chef's Kiss, like always. Juliette Lewis is one of my favorites. Like 
I, I we could do a whole show on Juliet Lewis. In fact, notes right now. Um, but anyway, um, I love she's in the co- kitchen cooking with her mom, and she's like, "Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is?" And then her mom looks, "Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Don't be so dramatic." And she's like, "I have nightmares about what he does when I'm not lying next to him." And mom's like, "It's Christmas, Audrey. We're all miserable." And it's just like, that's Christmas when you have like an overpacked house. There are like those moments, right? Where it's a lot of fun. And overall it is, because that's the whole point. But like you have these moments where you're just like, you could squeeze someone's head yeah, that you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. I need space. You know, there's three of these films are about, or one of them has a piece of it's about family or storyline or two, it's about family. The other two are about family. Mm-hmm. One is your pick for me, Home Alone, and this one. And this one's the darkest and the most realistic. It is. It is. I and, said it before, but there really is a lot of like awkward anger that's really real in this movie. <laughs> well, uh, okay. And like, I, okay. So another great thing in this movie, a brief thing is, uh, is Todd and Margo, like the uh, Uber yups in the, in the movie. And like yeah. the way they, they, I mean, why is the floor all wet Todd? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's so over the top and him like trying to figure out the lights. And that's another thing I love is like, that's a that's classic crazy. scene. Like I had to decorate houses before. And it's like, when you got all these lights and these cords and you're trying to, it's like, why well, won't everything plug in, you know? And it, it just, I don't know. That's a relatable moment too. It's just, it, this movie, like you said, it's the most realistic. Like, I feel like it I really relate is. to it a lot, like a lot, a lot. There have been so many moments when I was a younger more emotion, less emotionally responsible young man, or outbursts. Outbursts happen on holidays. There's a lot of pressure. There's lots of people. We're asking you to stand here. We're asking you to sit down. We're asking you to wait to eat until everyone's ready. Don't yep. open your gifts. Like I, my test, my patience is tested. Now yeah. I can handle it, and I have a nice time with my family. Which and is odd. Wait a second. I just said that I didn't identify with the film. Until I was an adult, but I still had anger during the holidays as a child. This this episode is deep. This yes. is supposed to be about celebration. Hello, Freud. Is... Hello, Young. We're coming at you, okay? Um, so, uh, okay, Cousin Eddie. Mm. Cousin Eddie. Can, you just gotta... I think he's the star of the show. I mean, right? Shader's full... And the way he's like juggling, like jiggling that pipe as it like unloads into the sewer, it's just the, it's like the grossest shit. Like that guy is such a like, ugh, ugh. See something or other. Uh, it's Randy Quaid. Randy the, Quaid, right, the, right, right. The, the notorious uh, Trumpster of the world right now, but I he he's fine. Um, I mean, he kind of grew like you could see cousin Eddie. He kind of grew into cousin Eddie, and that's basically where we're at. I have a hot take, hot take, hot take, <laughs> hot take. Hot yeah, take. Cousin Eddie makes me laugh more than Chevy Chase. I don't really, I don't know if I'm a big Chevy Chase fan. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I hear Sorry. you. I hear you. Uh, a lot of the comedy that he does has grown on, grown on me. Like as okay. I've gotten older, like okay. personally, cause I, I feel you, but like, I think in this movie, I mean, I just think Clark Griswold is, is such a perfect character probably for for him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I don't know. I, that's how I feel. So, uh, yeah. it's This is one everybody's seen, but just, again, existential conversation about a 
Christmas vacation. It's going to keep happening. But before we go to the next movie, I just want to point one little thing out because it might transition. And you, you mentioned it earlier. It's Clark's little rant at the very, very end. And you got to, you know, you're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny, Danny fucking, fucking K. K. Which brings us to our my number two pick, White Christmas. Yes. I watch this movie at least two and a half times every single year. My family and I watch it every Thanksgiving at the, after our meal is done and we're all taking naps. I never I never take a nap. I'm not a napper. Not a Me napper. Me either. No I way, I want to no watch how. the movie. I want to sing the songs. Yes. I don't know if any of you have noticed on this show, but I like a good suit. And mm. this movie has got the flyest gray suit that any dancing, singing, entertaining man has ever worn mm. with matching gray suede shoes. Mm. And I got to tell you, it's important to me. And these songs, the best things happen while you're dancing. Oh. Every song, I know every single word to. I know every single word of dialogue to this movie. Danny Kaye is one of my fucking heroes. His energy, his charisma, what he brings to the table. As a kid, this movie meant a lot to me. And as somebody who likes to entertain and play music and tell stories, and Danny Kaye is fucking up there. Yeah. And like the sister scene, my dad and one of my cousins did that when I was a kid, came out in family. Oh, yeah. Dance. Like this movie's fucking so good. Apparently that scene wasn't even like it wasn't even in the script. Like Danny Kay was just like fucking around on set. And that's why I like Bing Crosby is like losing it. Oh, in that they can't hold it together. Yeah. No, and it's like it's killer. Yeah. I and plus, man, you know, I feel like I just want to say this does this this movie kind of takes me back to so it's funny that we did the movie we did last last episode because it takes me back there just a little bit, even though this one's much older, but there's something about what year is it? Uh, 54? 54. Let me, let me double check. Irving Berlin, uh, baby. 54. Yeah, 54. Nice. Um, but there's something about that, like, that, like, old school color film, that Technicolor shit, man. Mm-hmm. There's just this, there's a fuzzy warmth to it that you just, it's like, I don't know, it does something for me. Yeah, the industry is just figuring out how to bring color to us. And they're not holding anything back. And it's no. so... Like, Bing Crosby's eyes look like they're dyed blue. D- right, right. Well, it, they basically are. But right, yeah. essentially they are dyed blue. I mean, and, it's... and I'm sure they, like, jack the color content on that up. But I love, like, how this movie feels really long. And it's this huge, this journey. It's about post-World War II America. It really is. Definitely it truly, is. truly yeah. is. And it, it, it's a family film. Mm. And... It's it's wholesome, mm-hmm. and there's no risk in it, and, and it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. a beautiful story. Yes, about, it's beautiful. Yeah. So what happens is they Danny Kane, Bing Crosby's characters are are old war buddies, and then they end up going into the the music industry together, and they have this crazy fun journey that they take us on. We meet Rosemary Clooney, um, we meet Vera White, uh, who's an incredible dancer. She needs to eat a sandwich. But boy, can she dance. She needs to eat a couple of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, girl, so on, white, on white bread. Yeah. Like, a couple of them. Of yeah. course, it's rough. Sorry. Continue. Dance, she can dance. In any case, 
she found herself. Oh my god, the fat the part where her foot comes down and she's um and they find themselves basically at the end of the movie their old uh military general leader they find themselves at his inn and they put on this big show stream it live on television an ed sullivan kind of adaptation and it just makes you feel good they're paying homage to their old guy he slept when we slept he ate when we ate he uh, just a good movie woke because this movie means so much to me and has for so long when you watched it for the show had you seen it before Oh, dude, yes. Okay, cool. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, get, I, get me, dude, don't okay, rip let, for me. Give me 90 seconds just, on this movie. Let me just tell you. First, let's just start with the fact that I own the fucking Diamond Edition sing-along oh. version. Okay, <laughs> so don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm with the White Christmas. Christmas. I mean, the fucking Lord of Special, Lord Commander of Special Features, Joshua Blue. Here we go. Special Features guy at the Digest show. Uh, no, but I, first off, I mean, I would watch the the entirety of this en- entire film just to just to hear Bing Crosby sing "I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas" virtually acapella. Like, I, butter. yeah, it, it's so it's just this most tender, gorgeous thing, and it is a and, and I think, like I said before, the color just makes me want to go there and like crawl up and be and it is such a beautiful story and the suits right the suits. Yeah, oh yeah and also i would watch it just for danny k in that like all purple with that like modern nouveau dance theater, the theater. what has happened to the theater, theater. especially <laughs> where dancing is concerned yes Jeez. who did kicks i, I watched I the whole thing. thing i, I know i would I would watch the movie just for that scene. It's so great. Good. So yes. good. Yes. So this one's great. I mean, this is the, I mean, this is like, like this is the, this is the Christmas comedy that like, ba- th- this is what kind of, st- I would say like started that whole thing. I mean, what, I don't even know what year a wonderful life. Th- it's a wonderful life was, but it's before Ooh. that. Ooh. I'm about to analog blast you with some special features, like from and, my own dome and holiday Inn. Okay, I damn think it. Might be a little bit before that, but it is before it. It's basically the same movie. And yeah. I've often for a long time I wondered uh, actually it's that movie's in black and white and it's old and it shows. You could tell when yeah. you watch Holiday and like the fire lights up a whole fucking room and just yeah. It's old. I watched it a couple years ago recently. It was on it was on television, which is I which is odd for what I'm about to tell you. It's basically a very similar film except um Fred Astaire is in the counterpart to Bing Crosby. Fred Astaire was up to play this role in White Christmas, um, but he was too old. And also Danny Kaye has more of a comedic thing where Fred Astaire obviously is yes. he's a dancer. Um, there's a blackface scene in Holiday Inn. Ah. And, it, and it's not short, and it's explicit as hell. And I, not to bring it down, but I think that that's a big reason why, A, they made White Christmas, obviously Irving Berlin's favorite, a famous uh Score and the song that, you know, one of the most bought records of all time, you know, Bing Crosby's Calling Card. But I really think that might be part of the reason, A, they remade it and why Holiday Inn isn't as popular. As most Bing. likely. Yeah, most likely. Um, so, yeah, to build back from that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, it is. Uh, <laughs> I think this does kind of kick off like that comedy sense of of that kind of movie you know what i mean like a lot of the movies we're talking about 
are Christmas comedies in a way. And like, I think that that that's, it kicks it off and it's so fun. It's like, I love that you use the word wholesome because you know, I'm, I'm with anybody else to watch the like, you know, craziest, raunchiest, whatever. I don't care. I'll watch it. It's, I'm not ashamed of anything. I'm nothing makes me blush, but wholesome is good. You know, like sometimes you just want this time of year. Yeah, exactly. So this, this is, is, that's it. This is it. I could keep going. I love it so much. Dude, if you, hey, we got time. This is the holiday palooza, my friend. So if you got some things you got to say about White Christmas, you let White Christmas go on. Because we're all dreaming of one. I just have wanted to be Danny Kaye's character in that movie for 25 years. (laughs) Like, I'm not exaggerating. Shit done. That explains so much. Like, you would. Yes, like yeah. you would kill that. You'd be good at that. That was my shit. <sighs> That's Dude, it. like again, Delta. happened? And then the other part where they're doing like the vaudeville scene, and he's he's talking about like how do you uh, stop a dog from biting you on Tuesday? Uh, yeah. Have the doggy's teeth pulled out, and he just does this like like talking. Like, yeah. Nyuck, nyuck, nyuck. It's yeah, so good. So they good. are. They are, and, and uh, I mean, plus, I will say, like, another thing I do love about why, like, just on a, there's something about that, like, pre-1960s romance, like, I guess, the for a lot of people, so yeah, oh, shit, yeah, a lot of people oh. probably don't like it, but I, I think that Rosemary Clooney and Bing Crosby's relationship is just, like, this beautiful little nugget, you know what I mean? I, so, there's that scene where they're, uh. They're having it's right before uh, count your blessings. Would you like a snippet to remind you? Yes, sure. Count your blessings instead of sheep. Um. Whoa, there's... where did Bing come from? <laughs> Bing, bring bring Bing back. Say that fast three times. Anyway, and they're talking <laughs> about like what different sandwiches give you different dreams, like liverwurst and shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And Rosemary's character is the older sister. And she's just she's the as they refer to it the mother hen needs to leave the roost. Mother hen. And and Ben Crosby's the old guy who needs to you know what you need a girl. He's trying to get his fucking friend laid and tied down and have a family so he can get off his his buddy's ass because he needs a break right. from showbiz. Right. It's just that that four way thing is just so fucking good. It is. It it's is. Topic. It's just. It really is just a, like a completely fun movie like everything about it and i love and it's just those days of just like sound sets where people hand painted things and just again reference one the vaudeville thing but like the moving sets and like the the, the guy there's lots of behind the scenes because they're showmen and they have the variety show and everything i love those behind the scenes shots of people running around and there's rehearsal times at two and, and it's just so old school and and Musical theater is awesome, and I don't know. I love that part of it too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good stuff. It really I'm is. I'm not. I'm not sorry. You shouldn't be. You brought a absolute Christmas classic to the lineup. Hundred percent. Number one for you. A Christmas story. You're gonna fucking shoot your eye out, kid. I, I mean. I didn't even watch it for the show, and I think I can't wait to watch it again. I mean, hey, like, just tune in to TBS or TNT all day. day. 
for like, yeah, 24 hours in a row, man. Like that's what I did most of my life. Um, but I had a pent up watch because I didn't get to watch it last year. So I, I was just traveling again. Like I mentioned before, I was just yeah, traveling. It was really good to see you. Um, not, not there. Um, so anyway, uh, I had a pent up watch, so I obliged myself because normally I watch, I watch this on Christmas day. That is my tradition, which, you know, uh, but anyway, okay. First off, nostalgia bomb. That's what this is. Nostalgia and that bomb. kicks off with that OG MGM lion, you know, and it's just that good stuff. And I think it's crazy that this, this movie hit at a right note, like, set in an, in 1940s Indiana and then released in 1983 like you get Crazy. this moment where the parents get the nostalgia but the kids get to relate to Ralphie and the rest of them because they're still living in a world where like if you go from 1940s to 1980s you're still pre-internet you're still pre-mobile phone so, like, not a whole, whole lot, like, has changed. Like, the TV's been introduced, you know, but but you're still, it's still, you can still relate, right? Like, it's harder, yeah. I think, for, for children born now. Like, a five or six, eight, nine-year-old, I think, looking at Ralphie would probably have a little bit harder time, like, relating to wanting the BB gun and, like, doing everything that he does. But I love, that's, like, that's the shit. And it's weird that you say that because I always, this movie was, like, the standard of, for me, of like as a kid in school because of like the school scenes and shit and like having yeah. an annoying sibling and like the angry dad yeah, yeah. And the frazzled mom like this yep. is like again pretty relatable it, oh absolutely like for me this is a def this is one i definitely relate to because the other movies are about big families this one is him and his brother i 100 percent relate to that like no doubt that's right up my lane but i'll tell you another reason like i picked this is because i love that that this comes from like gene shepherd's work and that he his voice narrates it it gives this is that the this, director no it's not the director i'm i i don't know the director's name off offhand but gene shepherd wrote a novel um which some people call it a, a collection of short stories but it's called in god we trust all of those all others pay cash and it's stories about childhood and a Christmas story is, is one adapted. Correct. And Very he cool. is the voice that narrates. Okay. It does Love such it. a good job of, of bringing that to life. And I think that that might be my favorite part of the movie is Gene Shepard's narration, because it really puts you in Ralphie's shoes. Like the, the wonder, you know, like he really gives life to like and and you can tell it's it's being read you know and i i, I love that i'm a sucker mm. for that you know sucker for that yeah and ralphie's age he's like he still believes in the spirit but he maybe doesn't like he's hanging on the slide at the mall talking to santa telling santa what he wants but he's at that age where like he probably doesn't really truly believe anymore so again lay down on the couch because this movie is it it is an exploration into youth and and what this time of the year means to people. This movie also, I always imagine this is what it was like for my dad. My dad's a baby boomer, so it was a little before he was this age. But, yep. well, he was born in 55, so it's a, a considerable difference. It's the 40s, right? 
Yeah, set in the forties. I, I I really guesstimate it's got to be I, nothing. I saw actually gave like a specific date, but it's got to be late forties. It's got to be forty seven, forty eight, forty nine. It's post war. There's no yeah. way that people would have been like spending that kind of bread and like you it, 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 hunkered if we were hunkered down in the war. So it's got to be late forties. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes from that movie is when his brother falls over and like the five fucking coats he has on. And he's just oh, like screaming like a little shit. Randy lay there like a slug. It was his <laughs> only defense. It's one of the greatest parts. I realized in watching it this time for this pod, you know, he's uh-huh. like, I can't put my arms down. Daddy's going to kill Ralphie. And I realized to myself that my, my wife is basically Randy in female form. Like that's how her life is. It's cold in here. Give me a blanket. Like she, that's it's. We had a good laugh about that watching this, but I love that scene when Randy like down lay there like a slug. <laughs> I, I did some live action research while you were telling your anecdote. Ooh, get me what you got. G- give a final guess of what year this film takes place in. Just give a final guess. Forty-eight. 1939. 39? That's what this says. Really? Everything the the back of the box says 1940s. IMDb says 1940s. I didn't see any spe- but hey. I'm I'll take it. I mean I mean 1939, 1940. The cars they were driving did indeed kind of make me wonder, but some of the other I mean Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Pretty crazy. I love when the 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 turkey gets fucked up. Favorite scenes. That that and uh, with his name Flick with the tongue on the pole. Oh yeah, I triple dog dare you. You don't fucking do that, bro. Flick who? Flick 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 who? Like when the teacher's like, has anybody seen Flick? Flick flick who? What? What? Yeah. Yeah. And and that, and that's that's one of the things I love about this movie is it nails that like being a kid like you said it's like it's like too a little too old to believe in Santa but just young enough to still maybe be like ah if if, old if, enough, if he pop, old enough if I saw him I'd be like okay yeah young right. enough young enough to talk shit about how Santa isn't real or old enough I'm sorry to talk shit about Santa isn't real young enough to go clamoring to his lap to yeah, wish for everything that's you want it, that's given it, an it, opportunity. It, it, yeah, that's an important it, time in, in a young person's life. It is. It is. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, also, wait, I got to get this in here. Ralphie's daydreams are awesome. And the one where Woody he, Allen-esque. When he dreams of getting a uh, good grade on his theme, I always think of you. I'm like, I feel like that was Chase at that age. Like, I just want to get this perfect grade on this little written project in school. I don't know why I thought about you. Weird. I was a mediocre student until late, late teens. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I was what they called uh distracted. I was off base. Um, so another little tidbit about this, since this is a holiday palooza, did you know that Ralphie plays the head elf in another Christmas classic? Yeah. Uh, Can I get a hint? Uh, yeah, a film by one uh, John Favreau. John Favreau. John Favreau. John Favreau. 
John Favreau Christmas movie starring someone that you did Santa. The Santa Claus? Elf. I detest Will Ferrell. I thought you did. Do you not? No, that's our mutual friend's family. Oh, okay. Immediately skip. Okay, so back to Elf. Um, John Favreau did Elf with Will Ferrell. Can we clarify why we're saying his name like that? It's a Sopranos reference. Go watch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) John Favreau did Elf with Will Ferrell. Um, And he, no, but uh, Ralphie plays the head elf in um, Elf. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And, and also another I like Elf, by the way. Ho- so holiday pl- I fucking love Elf. It's so one good. of my top five for sure. But also, um, um, Elf, just while we're on that, is I mean, basically lifted from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, which is another one I watch every single year. Like no hands. Clay- down. Is it claymation? What is that? Claymation, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Did you watch as a kid? Did For you watch uh, singing Christmas like, in oh. July? Remember that one? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yes. So yeah. And Santa Claus is coming to town. Yep. The year without Christmas. The year without oh, a Christmas. Don't even say it out loud. Woo! Claymation in the house. So, okay. If I can just get uh, one more little thing in there. Take as many little things you need, bro. My favorite, one of my favorite lines from A Christmas Story is when. Pops gets his major award, and he says, Fragile must be Italian. And immediately, mom's like, that says fragile, honey. <laughs> I love it. I The mom in A Christmas Story is the one that, like, she reminds I love me her. of my mother, and me she's too. like this warm thing that I just like, mm. and she, my mother has had a hot meal in 15 years. It's like, I remember, I know how that works. My mom yep. has this famous line, or had this famous line, where it was Mother's Day, and she says, uh, all I wanted to do was nothing, and now I'm buying pizza for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, just, oh, and Ralphie's God. mom is, like, equal parts loving and, and warm, but also just fucking over it. You know she fucking used up all that glue before she broke that fucking lamp. <laughs> and, like, putting the, Yeah. And like putting the coats on the kids, because I'm 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 from North Carolina. I, I that's what I say. I was I was born and spent the first formative years of my life in Central Ohio, where winter is a fucking thing, feet of snow. And like my mom, I was such a little bitch. Oh my god! And my mom getting the coats and the layers and shit on me, and me just making it so hard, just over it, just over it. You know what? Go out and go out in the snow without a coat. On. I don't give a shit. Right. I, all I want to do is. All I wanted to do was nothing now buying everybody pizza. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And like, yes. again, Ralphie's mom, over it. Over it. Ready to just have a hot meal. But, but also totally there to enjoy the moments that come with having. Oh, they, they're a family. They're you. Dad's it. grumpy and angry and overworked and underpaid. Mom I know. hasn't and, had a hot meal in 15 years, but they love each other. And, and also, like, only I didn't say fudge. Like you can't be Schwartz and a motherfucker like that, man. That's nah. fucked up. You can't be telling some. You can't be saying I heard it from Schwartz. Like he got his ass beat for you. You know you heard it from your daddy. Was you that when changed the tire? Daddy while he was working on the yeah yeah. yeah. And he's like, only I didn't say fudge. Yeah, that I used to love that as a kid. 
Like when I was really young watching that movie, that was my favorite part of the movie. Cause I'm like, I'm in my brain. I'm sitting there like, he said, Oh fuck. And I just like, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, he said, Oh fuck. And I know that he said, Oh fuck. And, and I'm like, but only I didn't say, but I don't know why, but I just felt so that's like cute. naughty and mischievous as a kid. And then in that part, I don't know. No, that's cute. Uh, is it time for my number one? It's time for your number one. My number one film. It's a, is it a rom-com? 100%. And not only that, it's an early 2000s rom-com. This is like okay. the fucking creme de la creme era the of rom-com. Apex. Of Apex. Of fuck, king shit of fuck mountain of rom-coms. Yes. Bring it on, king shit fuck mountain. Love actually. Woo! Hit me. Love this Dude. movie. I'm going to watch it three times. It makes me cry. I have a little shitty grin on my face. Every time I watch it, it makes me feel loved. It makes me question whether I'm treating my family members and friends and loved ones correctly. I love you, Grant. I identify with you, Grant, and Danny Kay. There, I said it. Maybe There's I, nothing wrong with that. Fucking dreaming. Wrong with that. I know I'm dreaming. Um, Hugh Grant gets to fucking let loose here. He really has no holds barred. Just like full on. Just he He's got like solo shots. It's just him in a spotlight doing Hugh Grant hard. We got Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. Marriage is tough, y'all. Dude, and we're going to fucking talk about it because we have part, to. Favorite part of this movie, Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. Both of them stunning actors. hard, dude. Ugh. Love Emma Thompson. Oh, my God. She's amazing. I, oh, I love that woman. Sorry. I love that woman. She's such a good actress. Ooh, already doing a sidebar. Just for the record, a bit of an angle file. Just love English things. Always wanted to be English. Emma Thompson was friends with Hugh Laurie and some and like some other famous British comedians in, in college. Dr. House. The, and the, I watched an interview recently, and he was like, yeah, we were all in love with her. And I was like, yeah, I know. I am, Of course too. you are. <laughs> in any case, love, actually. We got Keira Knightley and the dude from Walking Dead, who is English, in case you missed it, like coming to some sort of agreement that they're in love, but they're not going to consummate it no okay can i just stop for a second this is my first time watching this movie and that is my main motherfucking question for you what the fuck is up with that dude show is like, he's like he's like making it like an american beauty creepy ass film of this shit at her it. wedding she's, yeah and she's totally into it she's like oh she's like camera cuts cuts to her and she's smiling and he shows up at her door with the cue cards and it's like dropping them and it's like, what the dude? So how is this? What the fuck? <laughs> this is not romantic. This is not okay. This and then at the end, when they when all and all they all show up at the airport, <laughs> jeez, Louise. and the three of them come together. What the fuck? What? It's like, do you know? Like, are you okay? Wait, you just are getting you off on this like voyeuristic thing? Like, what's happening? <laughs> gonna do a little menage. I mean, if that's what's happening, that's cool. But like, do you know about this? Like, or also, is it like this thing where she's just into the fact that she's married to him and doing her married life with this guy, but this guy loves her and is infatuated with her? Has like, no idea what's going on. What if he just told him he was gay or something? Like, what? There's so many layers to this. Oh, right, right. The man that orchestrates their, like, love is all you need ceremony moment. What the fuck? 
I know. Was that like a vicarious <laughs> wedding gift? Like, what the fuck? Again, I'm so annoyed by this. Like, like at first, I'm like, I'm cool with them being adults and being like, listen, this is how we feel. We can't do anything about it. Let's just, in reality, you would just never speak to those people again. So, bro, like, we literally, but we they're have- like, nah, not only did I pretend to hate her, now, like, I'm in the group and we're going to hang out. And but, you I pretend mean, like none of this ever happened. I'm telling you, like, seriously, we have, you and I sometimes have a history of disagreeing about certain characters and they're like, and like, and like, for example, like another Christmas movie the night before, fucking Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays another asshole who just is like so hung up on girls and can't get over himself. We had a little pushback on that before, but like. I was so nervous coming into talking about this movie that you were going to be like all about that one and be like so for it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I really don't because I'm so (laughs) creeped out by it. I really was so creeped out. I was like, I don't, I, this, I, this is so How weird. How did this get in this movie? Yes. And with no resolution. There's like, no resolution. No, it's just like, they oh. show up at the airport. Jeez. I might be a hopeless romantic, but I'm not a piece of shit. God, Lord almighty. Uh, yeah, that's like, so that's like that. What is that Netflix series? Like, uh, you where the guy's like a serial fucking stalker like dude you need to chill <laughs> you filmed a wedding and you literally like shot one person's but, face like how did you even pull that off like how- what i'm saying like that's all good and well we could dissect this guy's behavior but then like we're done dissecting his behavior but then not only is she cool with it and like into it and kisses him yes what world are we living in? I don't okay. do. There is great irony in this, though, because this storyline gives us quite possibly one of the most famous lines in the movie, which is one of the, on those creepy ass cue cards he holds up. He says, "Tell them it's carolers." And she does it. She do- I know when she does it, I'm like, I'm sitting, this I slap my forehead. Crazy. I was like, "Come on, Kira, come on, Kira." Oh. Just Meanwhile, close the door, honey. Close my the wife door. literally looks at me. She's like, she's one of the most beautiful people that's ever existed. That's what was said at that moment. Evidently, the guy from Walking Dead feels that way too. Clearly, clearly. But he holds up on the cute. Did I already say it? I'm just no, you didn't. Confusion. Please, please, please. Uh, <laughs> to me, you are perfect. Oh, thanks. Which man. is a romantic thing to say to your partner in a moment of warmth and reflection during the holiday season. Not to your best friend's wife on their front doorstep. <laughs> While he's watching TV on the couch. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Can I tell you one of my favorite parts? So my favorite thing about this movie by far, like hands down, no exceptions, Bill Nighy. I hope I say his name right. I'm not yeah. sure. I put in my fingers. Like us. It's so good. Like it, it, his whole character, his whole character arc, everything love it i'm so there for it but i think one of my favorite parts of this movie is the liam neeson scene on the park bench with the young kid and he's like his mom's died and liam neeson's like feeling really heavy about it and he's like he wants to ask him what's wrong but you can tell he's like really fucking shit nervous that he might say something his stepfather i know that he's like he might say something like i don't want to live with you i don't want anything like i don't 
whatever it might be. And he's like, are you sure you want to know? And he tells him, he's like, I didn't love. Yeah, I'm in love. And I love Liam Neeson's like, just like, it's a, he gets, a, he does a good job playing that. Like it just, he gets, relief. yeah, the relief. But also excited. Yes. Can we go back and talk about Bill Nighy and then we can do that storyline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please go ahead. I, he's got this really, he's this, this faded old rock star doing a rendition of one of his hits to get number one and make a buck again. But I love his relationship with his fat. I'm going to might as well get drunk with my fat manager. Absolutely. I, wait, wait, do they not like, like actually love each other? I thought they like loved, love each other. They do love each other. Like intimately. I don't think so. No, didn't miss that. I thought they were just like, is that explicit? I thought I, they just like you're the person. This is the first time I've ever seen it. I could have just been like, because I thought that that's what it kind of was. Like, I, but maybe it was just like a bro moment. I that's, think it's a bromance. Like, uh, uh like I love you, man. I think they yeah. like spit. They're each other's family. Like they're on tour. They promotional tour. Yeah. They're like you're the person I want to spend my time with. Yeah. And maybe I have for the have past twenty five fucking years. Yeah. Let's get pissed and watch porn. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he kills me i'm doing he fucking kills me in that movie the way he tanks all the pressers too there's like, yeah yeah oh, i don't it's like it's so fucking hilarious who's oh, the best shag you ever had <laughs> Britney Spears. just kidding she was crap <laughs> Oh, they definitely they, no. That's what I was talking about, like his arc, where he's like, yeah, just like over everything, and then he's just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna hang out with my manager. It's my boy, it's my dude. Yeah. We're just gonna hang out, do what we do, be Get us. Drunk and watch porn together. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's not. That's not my cup of tea. <laughs> that's not that's my not cup right. of tea. I'm good. Just saying. Just I'm saying. Good. Um, Liam Neeson, surrogate father, wife dies. Okay, so there's a lot of connecting dots here, which we're not going to try and do because it's the holiday party and we're drinking. But Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson. Wait. I actually was going to ask you to connect a couple of those dots for me. Okay. This is the first time I've ever seen it. You know, like, anyway, Liam Neeson's character is, I love it because as you, as you (laughs) look. It's like I just threw you a curveball. Yeah, I don't want to go there yet. I want to talk about the story. You're going to hit it out of the park, though. Okay, Liam Neeson's character, stepson, tells him he's in love. And the way Liam Neeson, in the wake of his wife's death, like, full-on encourages his son to, like, learn drums, get in the the Christmas talent show, impress this girl he's in love with, defy uh, airport security, risking, you know, federal prison, honestly, to go and all... Into yeah. all, just to tell the tell her how you feel, Sam. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Take a cue, Walking Dead guy. Yeah, that's how yeah. you fucking do that. Like maybe before they get married. Yeah, maybe say something instead of making some creepy beat off video of their <laughs> wedding. Like, I'm sorry. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and every time you bring it up, all I can think about is the airport scene. Why is he there? Why is he there? Why would they show up together? Are you shooting The Walking Dead yet? <laughs> Damn. Uh, love that storyline. 
I want to skip the guy who goes to America to get laid with January Jones and Alicia Cooper. <laughs> like, we... <laughs> I was rooting for him, though. I was like, dude's probably right. Like, if he goes to the right area, he goes to Milwaukee to meet an American girl. Oh, let's just skip it. Um, and then we got Mr. Hugh Grant. Hugh! He's Love the prime this minister. Yeah. Love it. The, the prime minister who cares. Like, who actually cares about people and wants to make good change, you know, and do the I right thing. I get the impression he's not, like, a, a, a exceptionally gifted politician, though. No, he seems like he like, I'm not supposed to be in this position. I got elected by accident because I stand for something pure and wholesome that people actually relate to. Like, I love unlike speech. any other politician that you've ever met. Yeah, that's why it's not real in a movie. I love his speech when he goes, well, he's Billy Bob Thornton, who is a great movie president. Oh, dude, give me, oh my God. Such an asshole. Just a little dose of Billy Bob, that's what you need right there. Like a little Billy Bob Thornton, not a whole movie of Billy Bob Thornton, maybe the a two, couple. The two Americans in this movie, Billy Bob Thornton and our fucking eternal homegirl, Laura Linney. What, what? Yes, shout out to Laura Linney. We're going to go, we're going to touch on Laura Linney, but. Okay, 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 okay. But okay, the Hugh okay. Grant speech he gives and he goes, actually, you know what? Our country relationship with America is not okay. Britain's yes. great. We're the country of Harry Potter and the Beatles and Dick of David Beckham's right foot. <laughs> I just and like think about that speech all the time. Yeah. And he has the dancing scene where he's like a bachelor prime minister. So he has the whole 10 Downing Street to himself and he's just doing the dance and singing it. And it gets awkwardly spotted. It's so good. He falls in love with his fucking, yeah, you're doing the move. He, he falls, in love with his, falls in love with his secretary, gets down to the common people. He is the older brother of Emma Thompson, who is married to Alan Rickman. Yes. Damn. It doesn't gotcha. really matter. It's a Hollywood motion picture with a lot of famous people in it. It comes out on Christmas. It doesn't really matter how they're all connected. Okay. But all they right. are. Okay. We can try I'll just it. Watch, I'll watch, no, I'll watch it again. I'll figure it out myself. I like that anyway. Um, we can try it. Let's at least get through all the storylines. Okay, give me. Come on, take me through there. What's up? So, the other two is Colin Firth. Colin Firth, uh, his brother's fucking his his girlfriend, his partner. Right, right. Finds out on premises. Not how how yeah, like how fucked up is that? And then goes to Portugal. Portugal, the man. (laughs) No, France. France meets a Portuguese woman. Yes, yes. Falls in love with the housekeeper he's hired. It's quite touching. Beautiful. Goes but the nice best part of that storyline is when he marches through the small Portuguese town, learns Portuguese, goes out of his way to learn Portuguese, to be able to ask for the hand in marriage of this woman that he loves. Goes to her work. The whole town is marching. Asks her at her work. She's a waitress on Christmas Eve. Take notes, walking dead guy. Yeah, That's take notes. Before she's married. Okay? So you don't have to make a creepy video of her on her wedding day. Hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, you uh, going to get something to eat? Is it, cool? Is it cool if I come? I know I've been with you like uh, the other six nights this week, but I just thought maybe, you know, we could come along. Uh, so you guys got a uh, room to rent. Like, I mean, you're, we're friends. Oh, I like vacation. You July 14th. Okay, let's do it. Sounds I'm good. open that week, too. So am I in the Christmas card this year? or? Yeah. I'll pay for postage. Our girl, Laura Linney, is in love with Colin. Oh, she is. But, but she has her brother that she's got to take care of. 
She it's does. A whole, it's a wholesome story. And it's fucking Laura Lenny, man. She's like Laura Lenny's one of she's one of my top top five favorite actresses probably of all time. The woman is, is, is masterpiece theater for God's sakes. I love her. I love Laura Lenny. She's everything so, I want in life. I don't really Savages. have a lot to say. Savages. That's one of our first favorite films together. I really don't yeah. have a lot to say about the saga that is her and Carl. But I just want to have a moment of silence for the greatness that is Laura Lenny. Will you join me for just a moment? Yes, let's join in. Thank you. This Thank film you. was about love. And it's why I love it. Well, actually, oh. it's about love. <laughs> gotcha. I love that quote, seriously. You know, like, I love the way that film opens up. I thought that was great. Like, the whole, like, if you want to see love, just go to the, you know, right. incoming flight section at the airport. You know, like, yeah. you, you, it's all around you. And it is. It really is. There's no doubt about that. We didn't talk about Martin Freeman. Stand-ins at a porn shoot. Oh my god, favorite part of the entire movie. That is like comedy really? fucking go. I laughed so hard. I gut laughed almost every fuck like as that story progressed all the way through to like just raw naked on naked like dry humping like what I are you was doing like later? you know it's really nice just to meet someone to talk that's to. That's hilarious. That is such good shit. I literally was You dying. know what? That is more appropriate than Going to your best mate's house and attempting to seduce his wife. Kind yeah. of? Yeah. Sorry, I can't let it go. It's so With some stuck. fucking cue size, card sized index cards. Why are they yeah. so big? To make sure she can read them? Is she blind? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is she blind? Does she know English? Evidently, she's blind. Clearly. Emotionally. You would think you'd know that about her if you were trying to, I don't know, <laughs> break up her marriage. Okay, let's move on. Let's do it. Uh, I picked the BBC short film The Snowman for you to watch. You'd never seen it. Bra, uncut. First thoughts, buddy. I really enjoyed it. It was one of those, it's one of those like wholesome doses like we talked mm -hmm. about before. It is. I mean, it just capturing childhood wonder. Just, you know, I mean, and Fearless. first off, I don't know if I've ever seen like an in-depth colored pencil like animation like that. Like and that the the fucking uh Aurora Borealis scene, that shit could just play on loop in the fucking MoMA as like an abstract expressionist like work of art. That was it was beautiful. I mean, there's so much to it and the the colored pencil gives it a lot of warmth, you know, and it's I don't know. There's just it. There was something. It was almost like, um, like, like it makes you think like Peter Cottontail, like you know, mm -hmm. stuff that just that Classic like English kind of. Yeah. yeah, stuff that makes you just go back to like innocence and like purity of like childhood and like before your thoughts were about anything more advanced than just like the wonder of being and uh, being alive. You know, it, it. I mean, also an amazing score. Like oh, frozen on the ground. I thought when I first there. What's that? You would be able to get to that register. I that shit it swoons. Makes me swoon. Oh, oh. absolutely. Yeah. I Beautiful. thought it was like I thought it was like uh, Scandinavian because of the music, which I believe it is, but it's a British production. 
And boy, do the people up north know how to do it right. I mean, it's, music, a man. it's a beautiful piece oh. of music. If nothing else, if nothing else, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Like it, it I mean, it absolutely is. It just so like in the 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 wonder, like like you know when when he brings the snowman in the house and he's like trying to show him like the various things and then like and then learning that the snowman can't be in there because he'll melt, you know, like all the like. It, I, didn't you? That accompanies it is is yeah. just gorgeous. Because there's no words in this film. It's no, all music no and drawings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have daydreams like that as a child? Mm-hmm. 100%. Of course. Yeah, of course. And, like, the way he gets out of bed and, like, putting his shoes on and his PJs and running down the stairs, like, that, like, for a child, like, you're off school, it's cold out, and, like, you have ample time to daydream. And, like, that's what this film is to me. And, like, at the end when the snowman's gone... That shit fucking hurts. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. But it is like when you had to go back to school, mm. that depression was real. Yeah. And like when you get older and Christmas isn't as fun anymore, because let's get real, it's not. Unless you got great movies to fucking watch. Right. It's fucking sad. And this it's, movie is about that. Dude, it's like, it's like, look, this is why Peter Pan is so successful because it, that's if you could stop growing old before that moment when you realize that the snow melting is an example of the fact that another year is coming and you're getting another year older. If you can, if you can Peter Pan before you realize that you're living the life, man. Like the wonder of children is like a beautiful thing, like an absolutely beautiful thing. But don't don't live in your parents' basement till you're no. 30, don't, do that. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't that's fucking that. weird. Like, get, get a job. Yeah, just if you want some wonder, like just take some mushrooms and move out. Dude. And watch this movie. That sounds yeah. awesome. Too bad Actually, it's only 25 minutes long. Watching on a loop. That could holy yeah. shit. Woo! Um, yeah, this movie's like romantic and touching, and I love that there's no dialogue. Oh, dude, this is this movie has a great Santa. It does have a great Santa. Yes, it does have a great Santa. Short, stout, plump little Santa. Red-faced. Like, yeah, dude. And he gets thing. to go on vacation to the beach and shit? Yeah, like he's drinking like the same winter ales that I'm drinking right now because he's just like, I got to go on a long trip. I'm going to have again, it's a little this, bit like, of booze. It's the, yeah, it's like this, this young boy's like daydream. Oh, it's so beautiful. And this movie's on YouTube, by the way, y'all. So if you, yeah. if you have 25 minutes to spare at night, I, again, I recommend nighttime viewing for this Lights i mean out. i will i will counter counterpoint point and counterpoint that i would say if it's early in the morning and you've got a cup of coffee and you uh, haven't watched you haven't watched anything sensitive. else sensitive. you haven't listened to anything else you just woken up and you want to take something pop on the youtube watch this this would be, hey, a, that would be another good experience good morning america have you had zero emotions yet would you like your first emotion to be Full out existential fear, ball out crying during your opening morning cup of coffee. Have I got the holiday short film for you? Okay, look, you act like sometimes it's bad to start the day with just like some introspection, man. You know, just get a little. No. It's maybe no, it could a great day thought. in perspective. You know, that was a great thought. I like that. I might try that actually. Thank you. Don't get upset. I'm not upset. I'm. I'm here for it. What movie did you pick for me to watch? 
You know I picked Home Alone. You picked Home Alone. I admittedly had never seen the movie. Okay, so, okay. Never, gonna, I had never, I've seen Home Alone from start to finish one time in my entire life, and it was two days ago. Okay, now. 29 answer, years old. Answer the question of why. Why have you gone that long? This movie came out in what year? 1980, let's see, 1990. The year you were born. I'm right? 91. 91, okay, year before you were born. So this movie's been out longer than you've been alive. How did you manage to go your whole life without watching it until two days ago? Because I was busy watching Bing Crosby and motherfucking Danny Kaye on Christmas. That's, okay, that's no excuse. That you, no, I'll, I'll give, a, I'll give, a, I'll give a, a, a real response. Honestly, like, my family had their, has their traditions in, yep. in place, and, like, this just was never one of them. I guess, and as even as I got older, I just sliding glass doors, just missed it at sleepovers and stuff. Like it just never came up, and I never sought it out. Like I've, I've, of course, I've seen this movie, famous scenes. Of course, I've seen it. It's been on the TV while I'm passing in the room or even in the room at the time. It's a classic film, but I really just didn't care. It didn't scream Christmas to me, and like I had my own huge family drama happening all the time. That I don't know if I was really interested in watching a real one, but I kind of wish I would have watched it as a kid because I that was many a daydream that all my family would just go away. I mean, I can't. I was like, the reason I picked this when I mean I found out you hadn't seen it, but then yeah. I was just like, dude, like when I watched this movie, that especially the opening sequence, I'm like, the only yeah. person I know that has a family that big is you. Yeah, like you're the only person like could that could like actually fill up a fucking house. It's like, like that. Fill dude. it up. Yeah, People I know. And like getting ready and like several tantrums. Yeah, it's bad. That's what I'm saying. And it's just like I, that was so trippy to me that you had never seen Home I guess, Alone. And, I and guess to, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the subject a little bit later. But like, I guess I thought it was like a big blockbuster Hollywood movie shoved into christmas and not a christmas movie oh it's john hughes man come on you got to give him more credit than that john but I'm, but I'm totally wrong it's a totally a christmas movie oh yeah it's totally like you it's you, about the it, movie is about fa spending time with your family yeah and, and realizing how much they mean to you even though they annoy the fucking piss out of you 100 percent. yeah yeah for sure we had our grade eight creep on the show today which we're gonna give it a rest but we have the worst parent on this program. Kevin's mom. Dude, do not, don't you dare say anything about Catherine O'Hare. Okay. okay. She's amazing. Primo, primo in every respect. Okay. Well, primo. Well, you left your fucking kid? Look, hey. Okay. Chase, put yourself in some other bodies, some other bodies' shoes. Okay. Some other bodies' shoes. You got that many kids, and you put the oldest, most responsible kid you know in charge of counting their heads. Yeah. And they tell you you're good to go. And you're split over two vehicles, and everybody around you is telling you, oh, take it easy, honey. You did a good job planning. Just close your eyes. Come to first class. Sit down. It's all comfortable. Everything's taken care of. Everything's great. Head count's great. And then, look, a bad parent would have landed in Paris and been like, oh, shit. She knew it. She felt it. That's once again, once again, you talked me off a ledge. 
good parent. You are she, my you are my Linus to my Charlie Brown. She gets in a van with John Candy and his polka band. Okay, you've never heard of us. To get with her kid, that's a good mom. Things I liked about this movie. Mm. Do tell how happy Kevin is to see his mother, and how happy they are to see each other when they come back. Yep. Good shit. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin is as cute as they say, or was rather. He was. Especially, he was a delight as a young uh, performer. There's no way around it. Especially if you can like strip your mind back and put yourself in the in the mindset of like a 10 year old watching this yeah. movie so like macaulay culkin's not macaulay culkin in your head he's not the macaulay culkin you know today he's just like a kid who's like a little like you in a movie you yeah, know what i mean you 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 wish you could do yeah. yes Be, shooting bb guns and yeah. like traps Bo- booby traps yeah. yeah that's also that's like the other great part about this movie pretty fucking violent Joe Pesci is fucking scalped with fire. Yeah. Also, how the fuck did they get Joe Pesci to do this movie? Dude, I think the Pesci-nator was totally willing. Like, it, good cast. I mean, come on. Yeah. Great. I, I look forward to watching it again next season. Next holiday season, rather. Excuse me. Um, And I guess there's a second one and some subsequent made-for-TV movie ones. I swear to God, I really am out of the loop on the whole... Home Alone Saga. Yeah, I mean, there are, like anything that's successful in life nowadays, they made a franchise out of it. But I would say, personally, um, Home Alone 2 is worth the watch. If you actually, if you enjoyed Home Alone, I did. it's definitely worth the watch because it's it's. Wait a second, do they forget Kevin again? They do. Well, no, 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 no. No, no, take me back, take me back. They do not forget Kevin. Kevin fucks up at the airport. Oh. And, and he's he's fidgeting with this toy and trying to put batteries in it, and he looks, he's like fucking with it, and he loses his family in the airport, and he looks up, and he thinks he sees his dad, but it's not his dad, so he just follows that guy onto the plane. I've done that. Oh, and my flies, God. he flies to the wrong location. New York City, right? New York City. So he's lost in New York, not home alone. So, okay, that's how you do a, a sequel. It, exactly. It's fun because it's like same premise, but like totally different. And he just so happens that his dad gave him his bag, which had a shit ton of cash and a bunch of credit cards. Yeah, because the McAllisters are fucking loaded. Loaded. So, okay, let me touch on that. That's one of the reasons why I love Christmas Vacation, John Hughes' film. And I love Christmas Vacations. John Hughes too. Yeah, written by. Yeah. Written by. Well, he Chris Columbus directed Home Alone. Uh, uh, some somebody else. Not not Chris Columbus, but Chris Columbus. maybe was it Chris Columbus? Did yep. Okay, look at there. There there must be a duo, right? So Chris Columbus. Yeah. So um, but I love. I'm a sucker for those movies with like the suburban Chicago home. The big suburban Chicago home. And we're going to talk about a couple of things, I think, coming up. But, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for those, like, not 80s, late 80s, early 90s, like, suburban Chicago set films. Like, I think I think even Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like, falls in there somewhere. Like, did, you, I, did you like Roseanne as a kid? Oh, fuck yeah. Totally. 100%. Yeah. 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 100%. 
Josh, we just talked about eight holiday movies. Did you have anything else to add about Home Alone? Nothing. Nothing. I think that for... I think we could talk more about Home Alone. It's probably the most one of the is it the most financially successful film we talked about today? Probably, yeah. And I think it was more so the gimmick was that I'd never seen it. And I wanted I wanted to not like it. I had a great fucking time. It was awesome. I'm glad you did because it's a the fun pranks. Movie. The pranks were my favorite part. Yeah, it's a fun movie. You, I'm and glad. I'm glad you liked it. When he creates the party with the flip with the people and the Michael Jordan cutout. I'm so glad you called. That was one of my things. Like I love. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. Me Absolutely. too. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Well, we've uh, concluded the flagship portion of today's program. Josh, for you, what are some honorable mention holiday films? Christmas. Yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, run through them really quick. So I think my my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I just want to shout that. I like like I wanted wait to get. Like, wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite Hollywood or Christmas movie of all time is not in the top three for the podcast you have about movies. No, it's not because I wanted to. I I wanted to kind of touch on. Look, we were doing a podcast about Christmas movies, right? And. I wanted to kind of give different examples and kind of stay in tune. And I, I didn't want to like let my prejudices get in the way. Right. But my favorite Christmas movie is the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. It's by far my favorite. We got into an argument on an earlier show about Bernard, the head elf from the Santa Claus. Did I win? No, I won. You gave it to me. I actually listened to it recently. You, I converted you. See, I Be- am humble. The star of Numbers on CBS. Yes, uh, Numbers. That's my favorite Christmas movie, and I'll just say it's because like that right there. That's a fucking daydream. Like well, being a why kid. Didn't you, why didn't you put it on your list though? I don't understand. Um, I because I wanted to explore other things. I had reasons for the other films. Like I wanted to present those, and I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about uh that movie. That's just just because. And plus, one of the stars of the film gets a lot of hate nowadays. So let's just move along. Okay. Cool. Also, uh, honorable mention, Elf. So Already good. mentioned it once. One of my favorites. And then I, my third honorable mention is Ron Howard's The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's my no, my tops right there. I don't like that movie. Yeah, you're entitled. I don't – I'm not going to bust out my, oh. Jim Car- my Jim Carrey diatribe on today's oh. episode. Okay, save the Jim we'll Carrey. We'll save night. it for season two. Oh, it's not hate. It's just like I'm good. Sure. Okay. So get me, give me the, give me your honorable mentions. Every Thanksgiving, my family and I, after we're done eating, like I said before, we watch White Christmas. Everybody passes out. I sing along, mumble every word. When everyone goes home and my family leaves me alone or goes to sleep, and I get to be alone, I turn on. First of all, I pour a stiff bourbon, and I turn on. And I turn it on loud. Martin Scorsese's The Last Waltz. And it's mm. a huge part of my holiday season. It's a live concert program of the band's last performance. And Eric Clapton shows up. Van the Ooh. Man shows up. Uh, Ringo Starr shows up. Uh, everybody shows up. Dr. John shows up. And it's just kind of this cornucopia of rock and roll history documented by a lover of rock music himself. And it takes place on Thanksgiving Day. And it's mentioned several times in the movie, and I love it. And I and I only watch it during the holiday season, and I watch it on Thanksgiving night. I know this is a Christmas episode, but 
it's a big part of my my experience of the two months of the holidays. Well, if you're gonna throw back Thanksgiving, planes, trains, and automobiles, gotta shout yeah. that out. Every another John Hughes classic. Bam. Damn, that boy's eating Chicago fire. suburban. Give it to me. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Oh, that's the shit. Uh, the other movie I I I love is just It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, absolutely. That's another. I mean, one that's on TV, and like I have I have Christmas Day off every year, working retail like everybody does. But like that's a day off. I'm watching It's a Wonderful Life. Talk yeah. about a reflection. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Plus Jimmy Stewart. Come on. Oh, anytime. And just any Christmas rom com, like I'm, I'm in. Let's fucking go. So we maybe you know, honorable mention Lifetime Christmas movies, Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm sure you've probably indulged in a couple. Being a Southern individual, your your moms or somebody had one on at some point, and you know you got caught up in it. Val, shout out Valerie Bertinelli or somebody oh, yeah. like that. You I know? just watched a really terrible one with uh, Emma Roberts and some Hemsworth wannabe. Holiday, it's so. I watched all of it and loved it. Had a great time. <laughs> That's the time of year to indulge and watch those kinds of movies. It is those kinds of movies. That's an interesting question. It's kind of a thing. I feel like Hollywood drops these motion pictures, these Hollywood motion pictures. Christmas Day is a popular release date. It is large ensemble casts for. Mm-hmm. Uh, franchise drops, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, especially in, in the Harry Potter films, there's a Christmas scene in four out of the seven of those, eight of those movies. What constitutes a Christmas movie? Die Hard. People throw Die Hard into Christmas movie, you know, circles. Uh, for you, what, what are the, what's the criteria? I think, I think first off, I want to just give a preface that says, listen, you do you, folks. If if you if something is a Christmas movie to you, hey, Christmas movie, call it a Christmas movie. I, I got no beef with you, but for me, in my mind, Christmas movies are Christmas-themed movies. Like, Christmas is a central theme to the movie. It's not a, not a movie in which there is a segment where Christmas appears. Like, it can't just be like, oh... 75% of the movie happened. We got through and then like there's this one scene where there's a Christmas tree in the background of someone's house and then we fast forward 2 weeks later there's snow on the ground and that's not a Christmas movie to me. You know, like I'm 100% Christmas thing. with you. You know, give me some Santa, give me some falling in love, give me some being good to people. You know, give me some yes, like sir. this is the point of Christmas. Th- that's all it's about to me. Like, you know, and I guess there's the whole Christmas horror, you know, that genre or whatever. Yeah, what? me too. Who's into that? Fuck that. Ah, feel the same way. Well, as raunchy as I want to get his bad Santa, you know. Yeah, Billy Bob, shout out. That's my president. Hashtag my president. What, what? Um, just to piggyback on that a little, little bit, one thing that's okay with me and my standards, if you're not watching a Hollywood-centric film on Christmas or a, your, you know, wintertime holiday, is making watching a big-budget Hollywood motion picture... Every year as a tradition, me and a buddy, the, the buddy, our mutual friend, another JB, who introduced, yep, yep. who introduced me to the snowman, that film. Okay. We tried, we, we were roommates for a long time and we tried 
to watch uh, Escape from Al- Alcatraz a couple years in a row. We tried to pick a classic Hollywood movie to watch every year. I'm totally down with that. Get it on. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like you. We discussed at the beginning of this pod. I mean, I you we kind of brought it up. Like it's been my tradition to go to the theater on Christmas Day for a while, and like four, I would say four of the notable ones that I've seen. I mean, uh, Django Unchained, Christmas Day. That was the first one that kind of started the tradition. That was like 2012, was what started it off, and then uh, Wolf of Wall Street on Christmas Day, um, Inherent Vice. On Christmas Day, uh, Hateful um, Eight on I, Chris, Christmas I Day. I think I saw Hateful Eight on Christmas Day, but I did do the 75 millimeter, and I did fall asleep. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Hate, hate. Chase hate. hates the Hateful Eight. But I just think that I'm a big fan of that. And again, it, for me, it goes back to that, like, look, uh, not all of us, but some of us are out there in a world where we don't have like a big family. We don't have maybe some some people don't have any family, and they sure. have the people that they spend their day to day life with. And you know, it, it's been a it's been a good uh, a, a good tradition for me to like make that going to the theater and seeing like a good quality film on that day. Yeah, I, I'm all about that. If that brings you joy, like I, I understand the ceremony of that. And it's a good way to celebrate. Uh, my family has gone to see films on Christmas. I've just always elected not to go. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm good. Uh, I, as been well documented, I'm a matinee kind of man. So what am I, we did go to the movie theater one day. Me and my sisters went the day after Christmas at night. Empty. I'm in. And we saw the most recent Peter Pan iteration with Jason Isaacs. That's mm. a nice Christmas memory. So just a little tweak on the uh, that version of a tradition. Sure. Yeah. No, I dig you. I mean, I'm not. I I dig you not want to go to the crowds. I mean, honestly, I don't. I, I got zero hate. Zero. That's hate. the totally one time of year that I I will. It's the one time of year that I'll do it. Like most yeah, of the time, I'm, sure. I'm a matinee guy. Early, first show, you got it the whole day. I'm there. Totally. So. Well, Joshua, this being our last episode of the season, we thought we would wrap up today's episode with uh, a new segment that we hope to carry on into next season. Mm. We're going to do a little mailbag. So, mailbag! Mailbag! What we've done is we've thrown out into the social media universe and asked people to ask us questions about holiday movies, movies in general, or anything they want to hear our opinion on. So without further ado, let's open some mail from some people online. Yes, thank you. Thank you all for submitting some questions. We look forward to uh, giving them a run. I think I have a few, and then you have a few as well, correct? Okay, what you got? Let's do it. Uh, from my old high school English teacher, uh, handle loving the boy mom life. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for following, Miss Watkins. Thanks for the listens. Appreciate you. She asked, are you going to be... Or the, uh, the question was, are you going to be sipping homemade eggnog? Uh, nope. Uh, n- the answer is no. Strong start. Mail back. Uh, sorry, but eggnog is just... <sighs> not on the menu in this family. Sorry. No, just not. Up next, uh, someone named Victoria from Salem, Oregon. Sounds a little familiar. A little. You know, Peggy Platter Hill. Her question is for me. And it's, uh... Favorite Kevin's trap from Home Alone. Oh, good question. 
Um, I gotta say the the uh, burning of the scalp with the blowtorch. Yeah, <laughs> I clutched my pearls. That was shocking. And then like this paint, the full paint cans to the dome, dude. That would wreck. That's, that's fucking. Vi- You're not getting that from that. No, no. I mean, you. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't really have a pick. But I would just say, like, the sheer fucking violence that this young man inflicts upon these two adults is, like, <laughs> it's shocking. It is. And I don't think I was really ready for it. He knows how to get them. He, do- I mean, he how? really does. I, 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 I mean, he, like, so. That's like some serial killer genesis shit. I, I mean, for real. Like, that young of a person, like, that's some crazy booby. Like, you would expect a Marine to come up with that. Like, Green Berets shit, you know? Like, not a kid. Yeah. Weird. Not as weird as right. showing up at your house where he shares a home with his wife. And <sighs> All right, moving on. No. Next question <laughs> is from a friend of the collective, member of the collective, when Seth Allen Handel Billy Pilgrim asks us, what is our dream writer slash director slash actor combo? Joshua, uh, fuck. It's not like... We haven't thought about this our whole lives or argued it or over it in a bar. The one thing I'm sure of with that question is that QT's writing. Oh, okay. That's all I know. I would. Well, I got two thoughts on it. Let me give give let me give you my first one before you go. Okay. You, okay. While you while you think about it, just a minute. Because there's one thing that I was thinking about. Not a Christmas, by the way. This is just a film question for the podcast. Yeah, pod. it's just a film question. You know, yeah. hey. Um, there has been a rumored project out there for a while by a filmmaker that, just by the laws of nature, doesn't have a whole lot of films left. And so I'm going to say I want to see Scorsese with the Sinatra script starring oh. DiCaprio. That's what I want to see. I think that's that's one Fuck. for me that really comes to mind. Aside from that, though, that's the Notch project has been floating around for like twenty five years. It has, but it's like I want to see. That's what I want to see. Like that's the, that, if I can have any. Actually, I'll stop. That's my answer. You go on with your Quentin Tarantino, written and inspired. I said Quentin Tarantino while you were speaking. I thought of my other favorite. You know. Uh, Entertainment writer Aaron Sorkin. Mm. How about this? I want to see the version of The Social Network directed by David Fincher, written by Quentin Tarantino. Ooh. Starring. Oh, here we go. Fuck. I might need your help on the starring. I don't know. Timothy Chalamet? Chalamet? I don't know. I don't know. Timothy Chalamet. All I know is I want a, a, a filmmaker with a palette of David Fincher to make a movie written by Tarantino. someone with, with, with the color of Tarantino. I like it. I like yeah. that. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It's a good answer. You got some more mailbag? Yeah, I got a, um, I got, uh, a couple of good questions. I think we should just give them both a little. They're very in tune with the, this particular episode, so we should give them both a little, a little time. Um, so, of the Christmas movies that we watched, this is from. By the way, this is from Lauren. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh! 
I don't know what the movie is, but David Fincher's directing, Quentin Tarantino's writing, and Denzel Washington is starring in it. Oh my God! Caps to all. Yes! Yes! I want whatever that is, too. I fucking want that. Yeah. Ooh. I want whatever that is, too. Whatever yes. that is, I want it. I want that. Okay. Oh, I just got goosebumps. All right. Back to Lauren. Sorry, Lauren. Lauren from, from Oregon. Okay. Lauren from Oregon. Of the Christmas movies you watched, which has the best storytelling, which has the best acting, and which has the best soundtrack? Best soundtrack is between Charlie Brown and White Christmas. Charlie Brown for me, all the way, 100% times 12 million. I think that the White Christmas soundtrack, the songs aren't necessarily about Christmas. They're just great songs of the era with the exception of the title track the charlie brown christmas soundtrack is i'll i'll go i'll go charlie brown christmas too yes i like that i like that okay so best acting of the movies let me get the list in front of me survey my mind thank you lauren for this question this is excellent best acting i think all three of yours are out So yeah, so Snowman and Charlie Brown definitely have the best acting. So we'll go uh, with uh, I mean, Love Chevy, Actually, folks. I mean, Chevy Chase, even though I'm not like a huge fan, as I expressed earlier. I mean, Love Actually? Is it Love Actually? In your opinion, I suppose. Yeah, What's I your mean, opinion? no. I mean, Love Actually is good. That's probably some of the best acting chops. But I would also say that... I don't think a Christmas story is acted poorly for the way it's written, personally. Or I I don't disagree with you. Or Catherine O'Hara at Home Alone. I mean, I'm just saying, she's killer. Just saying. I'll just I'll go Love Actually because of star power and I like it. I will second Love Actually, best acting. Oh, okay. I thought you were pushing back on that. No, I think we're gonna be okay. Okay, and now best storytelling. I think the best storytelling has got to be either A Christmas Story or Scrooge, just because it's Dickens, right? Adaptation. I'm with you. So what do we land on? I'll take A Christmas Story. Christmas Story! Yeah. The the word story's in the title, Lauren. It was easy to choose, okay? Now... A good one that should not take Lauren? us long. Is she gonna hate me? Go ahead. No, we know Lauren. And oh, okay, Lauren, cool. Lauren actually, Lauren is a good friend of mine. She's a fan of the show. She's a fan of the show, and she's a friend of the show, and she's a friend of the co-host of the show. <laughs> but she has good questions. The second one is: Would you rather watch Home Alone sequel featuring grown-up Macaulay Culkin as a grown-up Kevin McAllister wow. that is directed by Quentin Tarantino? Jordan Peele or Wes Anderson? Not Wes Anderson, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele for me too! Oh my yeah. god! Keep Tarantino out of the holiday ventures. We we need him in other places. But dude, I do dude. think... Actually, like when I read that question, I was like, dude, Jordan Peele doing like a Home Alone reboot could be like really fucking cool. Like super cool. Idea. I great mean, idea. for real. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Thanks, Lauren. Yes, thank you, Lauren. Any more questions? Um. Oh, no, I don't have any. I think that's it. Oh, misleading. Bags over. Um. I think it's time to reflect a little bit, man. This oh, is the end yeah. of our first season of the Digest Show. 
we started this project as a fun thing for two friends and we're starting to really have a good time and we're starting to find some text and find a show and we thank you for listening uh josh what are some of your favorite moments of the past year oh i mean i mean it's been a blast remember when we did remember little women and you're crying that was fun i cried i literally cried yeah i needed bob odenkirk's face so bad at that moment i one of my favorite moments is is the dunkirk and the nolan hiss and that's just kicking the shit out of christopher nolan for like 12 minutes i like that episode Yes, I also remember when we did not know what the fuck we were doing and we basically studied the network like it was a thesis <laughs> for a doctoral program. And tried Wait a to... second, we? Um, yeah, we, 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 we studied okay. it. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I remember being really nervous with our first episode and now I have the most fun. Oh, so much fun. And I'm glad it's cool to like for those of you out there, we know you're listening. We do actually have statistical proof that there are those of you out there listening. So thank you. And it's really it's cool that you're here because we're just trying to have a conversation and do fun stuff. And we love movies and we're just friends and we're shooting the shit. And sometimes we're insightful. Sometimes we're just like having fun, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, y'all, we're going to take a little break. We're going to recoup. We're going to raise the level of, of the product here. We want you guys to enjoy it, and we're going to take some time to do that. So we're going to take some time off. We're going to put in some work, and we're going to come back early 2021, and we're going to have a full slate of new episodes for you, and we hope it's better because that's what we want to do. We're going to keep getting better. So thank you for listening this year, truly from the bottom of our hearts, and I hope you keep listening. Joshua, I also love you, and happy holidays to you and, and Victoria, I love you both so much. And uh, happy holidays to all of you. Cheers uh, to the birds. To the birds, hallelujah, and happy new year, folks. Happy new year, happy holidays. Oh, oh.